Hi everyone, this is James Zeke and you are listening to episode 96 of the Warriors Way podcast. If you're listening to this as it comes out, we are in the midst of what we are now calling the end of the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. This modern time plague has shut down borders, businesses, taken away too many lives and has left many wondering where normal went and when or if it will be back. Training doesn't stop, though, just because you are at home. There is plenty you can do on your own. If you're looking for things to do right now, from wherever you are, head over to patreon.com and search for Warrior's Way Podcast. I've been adding new instructional videos pretty much every week, and there are a whole bunch of them you can watch now for free as my personal encouragement to you to keep your training up. And for those who want to subscribe and support the work I'm doing here at the Warrior's Way podcast, as well as the instructional videos on Patreon, there are plenty of supporter-only videos for you to check out as well. So head over there and see what's going on. I'm pretty sure you'll like it. And as for this COVID-19 business, stay strong, stay awesome, and stay healthy. It was a long march, perhaps the longest any of us can remember. And yet April, it was, if not the cruelest month, then unexpectedly the shortest. Strictly speaking, none of that makes sense. There were 31 days in March, as always, and there was 30 in April, as always. And yet, coronavirus has not just upended space, reshaping the landscape around us so that once crammed city centers now lie empty and deserted. It's also messed up time. Tell people we are entering two months of lockdown and they stare back in disbelief. Really? How did that happen? The weeks seem to pass surprisingly quickly, texts one friend, yet the days seem to last an eternity. Strange things are happening with time, and stranger things could still happen. When Boris Johnson announced the lockdown on 23rd of March, the talk, the hopeful assumption, was that it would last three weeks. The review was scheduled, but the date for that came and went, and people began to adjust to the idea that maybe this would stretch deep into the summer. And then on a day recently, the chief medical officer, Chris Witte, warned that highly disruptive social distancing measures will likely be in place until 2021. That is a very different prospect, and it requires us to adjust our clocks. The sober, uber-rational health correspondent of the New York Times, Donald McNeil, suggests an easing by the end of the year is optimistic, given how long it will take to produce either a vaccine or effective treatment for COVID-19. He spoke of how he is expecting a grandchild in June and and is coming to terms with the possibility that he might not meet that child until he or she is two years old. For everyone, this is a challenge of a different order. A sustained, long-run lockdown means that a vast stretch of undifferentiated time is unfurling ahead of us, 
stripped bare of the usual divisions and markers. We're facing a form of confinement that will not be brief. Tentatively, I called up Erwin James, who served 20 years of a life sentence for murder and for several years wrote a column for The Guardian called A Life Inside. I say tentatively because I wasn't sure a former prisoner would have much patience for comparisons between the kind of lockdown we're enduring in our homes, sometimes with a garden, often with a family, permitted to go to the shops or to the park, and the incarceration that he experienced. And yet, if anyone knows about this tricks restriction can play with time it's a former inmate and it turns out i needn't have hesitated there are so many resonances with prison james tells me so much so that the letters page of the paper he edits for prisoners and detainees called fittingly enough inside time has been filled with little else an inmate would identify with the unnerving paradox my friend has spoken about James says, the days drag, and then you wake up, and a month has passed, and you think, where the hell has that gone? At the heart of the matter is the Groundhog Day sameness. When one day is no different from the next, time becomes thick and amorphous, hard to keep hold of. It's like walking through treacle in slow motion, says James. In the words of Victor Serge, the serial-jailed Russian revolutionary, There are swift hours and very long seconds. To break up the monotony, prisoners hunger for milestones, especially seasonal ones. They longed, James recalls, for the sight of pied wigtails by the cells or greenery on the trees, proof that spring had come. They looked forward to the boat race or to the Grand National or the bank holiday in May or Wimbledon, anything that might separate one period of time from another. James remembers how his fellow prisoners would go wild on New Year's Eve, banging bean cans, fists, tins, even heads against the doors in celebration, only for there to be a lull a half hour later as those inside realized that although one year had gone, another stretched ahead, that there was another mountain to climb. Another lockdown is not the same as prison or even house arrest. But James insists that it has given people a flavor of what it's like to have your choices limited. That need for milestones, for example. Those currently missing the football are not only craving the delight of watching 22 men kick a ball about, it's also the delineation of the week that a fixture list can provide. Right now, our lives resemble an unpunctuated sentence, shapeless and confusing. No wonder people worldwide have immediately conceived a new communal ritual, the ovations for health workers, writes F.T. Simon Cooper. We probably do more for ourselves than we do it for them. The religious calendar can help. For those who find it meaningful... Muslims will find the coming weeks distinguished from the rest. They'll have their Ramadan, just as Passover endured eight days in April, were unlike the rest for the Jews. Others find themselves noticing nature in the way they did not before. After Witty's warning, I wondered about a winter lockdown, whether that would be much harder to bear than days that can be spent at least partially outside. Not at all, says James. 
Time is easier in winter because the days are shorter. Winter is much quicker than summer. We can understand why those in prison would feel like that, wishing the days away, desperate to strike weeks off the calendar until the moment they are free and time becomes their own once more. Maybe some of us are already feeling that way about lockdown, but it comes with a great feeling of loss. We want to feel time is precious. We don't want to write it off. We don't want to lose a summer that we'll never get back. We don't want to do time. We don't want to be inside. We want to live. That is from an article in the Guardian newspaper recently by Jonathan Friedland, who did a great job. And it's really interesting, I'd have to say. And, well, really an article that most of us can relate to, I'd have to say. Unless you have ignored the rules. <laughs> Uh, or maybe you have been a frontline essential worker as well. And then your days have probably been exactly like, I mean, if you, you haven't been, then your days have probably been exactly like Jonathan has described. I know they have for me. And time itself, I have to say, has gotten very weird. You might think you're okay with change or maybe that you aren't a slave to routine, but more than likely this self-isolation is come with the COVID plague and it's been a wake-up call about just how much you have conditioned yourself to have a certain view of reality and your life within it. I cannot tell you how many people I've heard from that tell me they don't have enough space or even time <laughs> to train or no idea how to or any other variety or shade of excuses while they're in self-isolation. And it always makes me kind of laugh. Because <laughs> you can find a way. And those of us who need to train, who understand that training doesn't stop or begin with the dojo itself, that the dojo is just a vehicle to help springboard our training, well, we've adapted. Just as those prisoners Jonathan talked to likely did to keep themselves not just in shape, but to keep them, themselves sane. I'll tell you a little secret. The human body was made to move. It was made to run and to climb and to swim and to fight. It was made to walk. It was made to do many things, but it was not made to sit. Most expert will tell you that if you have to sit, you're better far. But, but sorry, you're far better off doing it in a low squat on the floor, or sitting on the floor. Anything but sitting on the couch or in a chair. And it doesn't matter if you are in self isolation or not. You have to do what the human machine needs you to do, and that means using what you have and just being creative. The compressed or groundhog day element of this self-isolation means that you have been forced to adapt to things. There are lots of ways that you can adapt. For me, I make sure that every day I'm getting my 10,000 steps at least. Meditation, working out, going for walk runs that I've found out are called fartlicks, which are pretty much the most ridiculous named thing on the planet, a fartlick. Good Lord. 
I get plenty of fresh air. I read. I work on new material for this podcast and for my martial arts. I've created solo forms. I've laid the foundation of a cane-based martial art derived from all the multiple weapon systems that I've studied over the years. I started a garden, and I've even been raising some chickens, and if I can find some in this weird plague time, I'll probably be getting my chicken or my bees back again this year that died off over the winter. All of this is training. And I know some of you might be like, I don't understand. How is that training? Well, it's training, but different. It's just different than maybe rolling around on the ground in jujitsu. This all gives me something to look forward to. My new online classes I've been teaching are something to look forward to. But so is every meal. My nightly hour, or sometimes two, of watching something. And yes, so is heading outside to talk to the chickens, as strange as that might seem. If they start talking back, I think I'm in trouble. But you see, life is good. This self-isolation has, for me, in so many ways, been a blessing. It has made me see what matters and what really doesn't. It has shown me who actually seems to care and who doesn't. It has cut through the delusion in, in my life in a way I would never have thought possible. It isn't a surprise that so many old masters in many different disciplines have spent time in self-isolation. They were on to something. And don't get me wrong. While I hate this COVID thing and hope that despite what the experts are saying that we're going to be in for a worse second wave, I hope it doesn't cause us another round of quarantine not long after this one ends. I know that if it does though, and we are all ending up back here again, we will be better for it. Not just to flatten the curve, but to reclaim some of what and who we actually are. And I hope that when all this is said and done, that we don't go back to what used to be normal. I hope we enter into a whole new world, one where we all have learned to be far better, to do far better, to rush far less, to be kind and supportive far more, to not hold grudges, to not be cruel, mean, stupid, and to not live in fear. We've done all that before, and look where it got us. It is time for something new. And this is training, folks. It is the real kind of training that we were always intended to do. But like anything, the work is up to you. Change happens. This plague has taught me that one thing very well. But it has also taught us something far more. All right. Let's go to the question of the week. This comes to us from Katrina, who says, I've been reading a lot about different breathing methods is there one you think is best? Well, 
to be honest, doing breath work itself is the best. Um, Over the years, I've studied a whole lot of different methods, and I think that most of them are awesome, and they all work. (laughs) And I know that sounds like a wishy-washy answer, but just like any kind of training, unlike what some people will tell you, all of it works, and it is all good for you. What, or I shouldn't say good for you, it's all good, period. What we need to do is learn how to control our breathing and not to be completely mindless of it or to continually do it improperly, which most people do. When it comes to breath work, what's important is that you are doing it. You are learning how to optimize your breathing. You are learning how to be more in the present and more in your body. As you find with doing this work, if nothing else, practice puts you in touch with yourself, your breath, of course, and the discipline it takes to be diligent with it, and that pays off. It is training, and training equals payoff in the end. That's simple. So my advice is basic. Just practice. If you want to get at it, learn as much as you can and try it all. Do it all, whether it is Hoff, Qigong, Systema, Pranic Yoga, or whatever else. It's all beneficial. And I'm not sure about you, but I love a smorgasbord, an all-you-can-eat buffet. And your training should be the same. Just train. Enjoy it with joy. So there you go. And I'm going to leave it at that. Like I said at the beginning, check out our Patreon page just go to patreon.com look for warriors way podcast and check out the videos and if you are awesome and cool sponsor us be a supporter you love this podcast i know you do you can find me at eek academy on instagram or you can find the warriors way podcast and my martial arts school the eek academy on facebook Drop me a line. Let me know what you're thinking. If you like this thing, if you have any ideas about future ones, I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, train hard, have fun, be a great friend, and let's make this world a better place, people. Thanks a lot.